You're listening to a podcast of Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, where our mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. Today we mentioned how, uh, being Memorial Day weekend, there seems to be a shift for most of us, if not literally with schedules and school being out and planning vacations, at least mentally, summer has arrived, the days seem longer, warmer, all those kind of things. And uh, as we were talked briefly about that, and obviously a, lot of, a number of people have already started celebrating on the three-day weekend. Um, uh, I just want to pray for our summer in the, in the sense of stewarding the summer well. Uh, the Lord has created not only the world but the seasons, and, and obviously we get to enjoy summer here, and I think uh, in the Pacific Northwest we tend to uh, appreciate it uh, differently than other places, and part of it is the three months of, of sunshine and warmth, and we get to enjoy it. So, But it is a gift. Um, living here in the gorgeous uh, Northwest and our time together, uh, it's something that he's given us of great value that we should take care of. Um, so I just want to pray for our time together this summer, and then I'm going to turn it over to Josh. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for summer, something as simple um, and yet as epic as seasons, that we can enjoy the warmth, the sunshine, the change of schedule and activity, uh, vacations and projects even. Whatever it may be, Lord, we just lift it up to you, and I pray that we can steward these things well. We can uh, engage, uh, uh, be in the moment of the days we celebrate and, and do those things, that we can um, make good use of our time. And good use includes relaxing and being refreshed with whether uh, sleep or activities. Uh, we also pray, Lord, we can steward our relationships, take advantage of the time to get together with people maybe we don't normally get together with or have uh, share hospitality with neighbors that we might not see most of the rest of the year, uh, but it's an opportunity for us to serve them and be generous to them because you're generous to us. May we use this time also to grow closer to you, whether through word or prayer, or maybe read some books that we might not normally get to, but um, be read some for entertainment, but maybe even read some uh, for growth, and uh, we just thank you for it. So we lift up this summer, and as a church, with the comings and goings, we just ask not only your safety, uh, but that we can stay connected through the home communities and through the gathering. So we thank you for all these things, Lord, in your precious and glorious name. Amen. I'll put my back to you guys. I'm sorry. You get my better side. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So what we're going to do here is, is just some time of sharing together as a family. We've been doing this um, for a couple of years now. We started doing these family gatherings, and it's a way to kind of obviously break up the routine of Sunday, uh, but also it's to design for us as a family to learn to, to talk about what God's doing in our life and to hear from one another. Uh, we were in home community a couple of weeks ago, and we had this conversation. Someone in our home community said, you know, you guys as a church – use the word family to talk about our relationship with one another inside of the church. And she was like, it doesn't always feel like family. You know, like when you think about what it means to be a part of a family, uh, and then you think about the church, there's maybe a disconnect there. 
right? It doesn't always line up. So then why, would we, why in the world would we choose that word to talk about our relationship? Why is that our identity? You can see on our, on our little pathway graphic that we have. Why did we choose I, the word family to describe the way that we as a church relate to one another um, and, uh, and, and as brothers and sisters in Christ? And the reason is, is because Jesus chose that language. He's Father, God is Father, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Royce kind of hit on it in a larger passage of Scripture that we looked at in Matthew 12. But I want us to read it briefly. It's up on the screen. You guys don't have to get your Bibles out, and I'll read it here for you. It's Matthew 12, uh, verses, verses 46 through 50. And, uh, and Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, obviously. It says, And while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my brother, who is my mother, and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So we take Jesus' understanding of what it means to be the church. Now, at this point, the disciples were the first church, right? They're, the church hadn't been established. That doesn't happen until Pentecost. But a couple of chapters after this, like we looked at, Jesus tells Peter, upon your confession, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. So the church is made up of people. It's not a building. And those people will be the family of God with God as Father and us as brothers and sisters. So it's important as a church that we at least start by using the right language in the way that we talk about one another, even if it doesn't always look like it. Well, then what really makes us a family? Is it the fact that we all are in this building together? Is that that what makes us a family? I don't necessarily think it is. For me, what makes us a family is that we are living life together, right? I just got back. I was gone last Sunday because I had to hop on a plane and go to a funeral uh, for my aunt. She passed away rather, rather suddenly. And, uh, and it's, it, I haven't been with my physical, my dead side of the family very much since I left Alabama um, a decade, a de- oh, more than that. It's a while ago, 12 years ago or so. But um, as I was sitting, we, had, we had the, did a funeral, and then afterwards we did a big barbecue for Southerners, and that's what you do after a funeral, have a big barbecue. And uh, so we're all standing around, and, uh, and it was amazing as I looked out at, at my family and just the thinking about all the years that they had been together. You know, since we were kids, all, you know, we were doing the same thing I remember us doing when we, were, when we were real young. But they were all still there, and they were all still in a relationship, and we all chose to come together for this moment of the passing of my aunt to, to be in relationship together and be in communion together and, and to be family together, Right? Well, the church is meant to be the exact same thing. It's meant to be a group of people who come together to live life together. And the way that we grow in living life together is not just in you living in your neighborhood and me living in my neighborhood, or we actually happen to live in the same area, but it's the fact that we're doing these three things that we put kind of in our our model of discipleship. Peacemaking, meaning that we're committed to relationships with one another and working through those relationships. We're all sinful. And so we're going to continue to sin against one another and get on each other's nerves. So we have to know how to handle conflict as a church. But then we also share. We share our possessions. We share our, our burdens. Uh, Ann and Chris, they had a, a beautiful baby boy yesterday. And so they called, called us up and said, hey, we need you to watch Theo because the baby's coming. We're like, yeah, we're, we'll do that. We did what family many times would do because a lot of us even don't have family here, paternal family at least. 
and uh, beautiful Everett was born, so we're really excited for them. They would share that today if they were here, but I have permission. Um, but we not only just share life together, but we share what God's doing in, in and around us. We, we share stories of how we see God at work. Maybe it's through a relationship inside of the church. Maybe it's through a husband and a wife or, or a family working through issues. Maybe it's with you and your, and your neighbors. Um, it's important for us as a family to embrace the reality of how hard life can be and to not feel like we have to live that alone, but we carry that together. So we've designed these services to give us as a family the opportunity just to share, to talk about what's going on in, in your life. Uh, and I know that's hard. Uh, we are a church of introverts uh, for the most part. And so the idea of you sharing publicly is difficult. But out of the last three years, I look forward to these family gatherings every time because I always leave really encouraged. I, always, I may come in very stressed like I did this morning. And, and I'm going to leave encouraged because the gospel is going to be spoken over all of us in story the story of who God is and what he's doing in, in our individual lives. So I want to ask you guys to do that. Afterwards, we're going to have a time of celebration. We're going to have a meal together. We're going to continue growing in those relationships and, uh, and have some fun. So uh, I'm going to pass the mic off to whoever wants it. And what we'll do is you don't have to come up here when it's your, if you want to say something. You just like raise your hand and I'll bring the mic over to you. I'll be the, the little MC here. A couple of ground rules. Kids, uh, we know it's hard to sit here. We usually do this for... Uh, 30 or 40 minutes, and so if you get squirmy, it's okay. Uh, long, long periods of silence are not a bad thing. You know, sometimes we just need to still our hearts and listen <laughs> to what God wants us to say. So don't, don't let that uh, be awkward uh, for, for anybody. And it's open to whoever, whoever wants to share. You don't have to just be a part of this family to share. Uh, we'd love to hear, hear from, from whoever. So with that, I'm going to sit down and be quiet. And if you want to share... Just make a noise, and I'll bring the mic to you, okay? Or raise your hand. I'm John. That eagle's got a hold of the new acoustics. I'm John Stark, and this is my lovely bride, Donna May. I never call her by a middle name, but I'm real formal tonight, or this morning. A lot of people think that I'm a little bit peculiar. That's a polite way of saying it's strange. Well, part of that's true is because I come from a different generation. When I was in high school, I attended church and religious activities eight times a week. There was Sunday school and church. There was evening church and youth group. Our church had a children's program, Pioneer Girls and Crusader Boys. And I was a counselor for a group in the Boys Club. We had the Youth for Christ Club in the high school. We had Bible study and prayer meeting on Wednesday. And Saturday, we had the Youth for Christ rally downtown. So I spent a lot of my youth in church activities. That makes me a little bit peculiar. At that time, most of the, well, not most, but some of the ladies in the church wore hats. And the men wore suits. 
And if you remember being bored, you had to have a three-piece suit. That's why I wear a tie most of the time. The reason for this, because you were coming to God's house. You were coming to meet the King of Kings, the Lord of glory. And so you came ready to present yourself in a good, worthy manner. Today's outfit is a t-shirt and a baseball cap. Well, I kind of like that for some reasons. <laughs> because if you're homeless or low economic status, you feel a little more welcome until you see the label on those blue jeans. So I am a little bit peculiar. I was raised and went to Cedar Mill Bible Church on Cornell Road, just over the hill. But after I was in the service and a couple years of college, I started attending holiness churches. That makes me peculiar. Donna has always gone to a Nazarene church, which is a holiness church. So she's kind of peculiar. <laughs> Another thing is I haven't changed yet. I'm still in the process of changing. A month or so ago, Josh got behind the pulpit. That's an old term. And he was wearing a stocking cap. I thought I heard thunder outside. <laughs> the following week, he didn't have a stocking cap, but I was about ready to hit the floor to avoid the lightning strike. Because it looked to me like he had his hair in an ungodly man bun. But the lightning didn't strike. And I said, if God can forgive him, <laughs> I can live with it. So there's a group that says, please be patient with me. God is not finished with me. So I am changing. So as head of our household, that's another strange I have decided that Don and I are making you our church home. And we are going to ask to join us members. Awesome. I can't wait for you to show up with a baseball hat on and, and blue jeans. We'll know the process of sanctification is complete. <laughs> or the man bun, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, John. I appreciate that. Somebody else want to share? My name is Kevin Peacock. This is my wife, Teresa. These are our children, Chris and Alyssa Schmid. Um, my family's probably nervous what I'm going to say, so I'll, I'll keep it relatively brief. <laughs> to the question that you said, what makes us a family? And to your diagram, I couldn't help but think to myself, 
What does a Pharisee, a fisherman, and a tent maker have in common? Back in, in the first century, society was divided into casks and into classes. And a fisherman wouldn't have had anything to do with the tent maker, except for he would have fed the tent maker. The tent maker wouldn't have had anything in common with a fisherman, except for he might have uh, made tents, or the fisherman might have lived in a tent. They would both derive their spiritual instruction from the Pharisee. Three very different people, and yet Jesus brought them all together under the same theology and taught them to, to support each other and to nurture each other and that they were one in the eyes of God. And although our society is very different today, uh, it really isn't all that different. And when we are in small groups, do we always feel like we are as close as the closest brother or sister? Maybe not. It's like what you were saying. It's, you know, sometimes folks get busy with jobs. Sometimes people have petty feuds. But the blood of the family uh, is thick enough that you remain united. And as the prophecies become fulfilled and the world becomes divided, we really will see just how much of a family we are. As far as what's changed and what I'm grateful for, the last time we were here, you announced that you had accepted Chris and Alyssa into an internship. And for that, we're grateful. Uh, not because of the internship, but because of the fellowship. Internship, I'm sure, is a good thing. But uh, in the three or four times that we've been here, this has sort of become our family's northern church. This is where we've come, and we've come to meet some of you, and you've been very hospitable and very kind, and we love your worship services. And so for that, we are also thankful. Um, well, I have to say that um, I can't do this. This I can't have my back to people, so I'm going to stand over here so I can see all of you. Sorry if you can turn and look at me if you want to. Um, well, a couple of things are rolling through my mind this morning. And um, last weekend, a lot of the ladies here had the opportunity to go to the women's retreat. And um, I was thinking about it a lot this week and just thinking that um, I think um, – of all the women's retreats that I've been to, um, this one stood out in my mind a lot because I had the opportunity to talk to so many people that on Sunday mornings I don't get a chance to really talk to very much. And um, there are several women there that I was just so incredibly impressed would even <laughs> be willing to come to a women's retreat after only coming to Red Sea for maybe one month or a few months um, because I was thinking that for myself I probably would never have been willing to jump in and go to a retreat, not really knowing most of the women that were there. Um, and it's made me think a lot about um, your comment, Josh, and uh, the conversation, had a similar conversation um, about what it feels like to be family at Red Sea. And um, just the, 
the opportunity on Sunday mornings to be able to connect with people that aren't in our home community is kind of a special thing because um, during the week we get to actually connect with people in our home communities if you're a part of that on a deeper level. And um, it made me want to just kind of encourage all of us to um, do that more, I guess, on Sunday mornings, to not just have it be the time where we get to say hi to all of our friends or our closest friends, but get, get the opportunity to um, talk to that person that's only been coming for a month or talk to the person that doesn't seem like they have very much necessarily in common with us. Um, because I know that my week has just felt so much richer from having gotten to have conversations with women I haven't connected with. Um, and I think that that's something that we all definitely would have the opportunity to experience. Um, and I look around this room this morning, by the way, kudos to this format, because I think that's fun to shake it up. Um, but literally looking around the room and getting to see the faces of people that I'm like, oh, that's somebody I need to get to know. And, um, and or somebody like Donna, like I just got the opportunity to chat with her last weekend for the first time. And um, I want for all of us in this room to feel like this is family. And I know it doesn't necessarily feel 100% like that for everybody. So just a word of encouragement to, to try to get to know each other more. Um, and, um, and also just, I don't know, it feels wonderful to be in this space and get to see friends that we haven't gotten to see for a long time. And um, I'm just happy to be with all of you this morning. Last weekend was women's retreat. It's my first time to go. It was really awesome. But more than that, Josh was talking about his uh, death in his family. And what he didn't say was how busy that week was going to be. He was supposed to lead some music rehearsal here on Thursday night, preach on Sunday, and most importantly, keep our granddaughters all, my granddaughters all weekend so that his wife and I could go. So I came home one afternoon and my husband looked at me and said, Josh left me a voicemail and wants to know if I'll keep the girls all weekend. If you know my husband, he's very quiet and reserved and had never done that before all by himself for a whole weekend. And I want to say how much I love my husband for stepping up and telling Josh he would do this. This is, this is new. And <laughs> because otherwise it was going to fall down to either me or Jamie staying home. And, or Josh staying home, that wasn't going to happen. We didn't want that to happen. And um, thank you so much. And I've got to see how much this church has become a family because there were so many people who stepped up that week. Royce had to throw the sermon together. The ladies in our Vancouver community group gave Clarence a list of things he could do with the kids in Vancouver, and he took them up on the $3 movie, and they had a great time. They got free popcorn. They, um, Alyssa and Christian stepped up and did that worship thing, uh, practice on Thursday night. And there were just a whole lot of people who served our family and showed family to us, but family, church, family. I mean, Clarence also had a concert that Sunday afternoon, which means he had an early rehearsal and couldn't attend church. But he was able to bring their girls in, and Ann and Chris let them sit with him. And then Russell stepped up and took them home for the afternoon. I mean, it just all fell into place so that Josh could leave and go home and be with his family. And I want to thank even each and every one of you, but I want to talk about the retreat real briefly. We had about 25 women who attended. 
And I don't think I realized till I got there and started looking how much work went into this. And these ladies who put this together, these are busy, some of them working moms, some of them at home moms, and some of them grandmothers who are very, very busy with their families and their lives. And there was a lot of work that went into the sessions, and they were just, they were wonderful. And we had small groups that were just absolutely wonderful. And, you know, I think my thought was, oh, I'm not going to say anything when I get in there. And we all cried, and we all talked, and we all shared. And the Holy Spirit was definitely present over that weekend. And not to mention the Pacific Northwest, one of the most beautiful places I've ever lived. And so you had the beach, and you had just the beauty. But most of all was getting to know so many people I didn't know. And, and it was just great. And I just want to thank everybody for all the hard work they did. Yeah, that was, it was really, because my, my aunt passed, at, I got a text at like 2.30 in the afternoon, and we were buying plane tickets at 4.30, and I was on a plane, you know, at 8.30 the next morning. And so when you have a busy weekend, and that happens, uh, and then have all these people that just picked up all the balls, it was awesome. The only one she didn't mention was Joe for watching our sick dog. Thank you, Joe. And, and Rose. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. So somebody else I want to share? We've got time for one or two more. Um, oops. Um, I just want to uh, say a few things on um, family, for sure, during my time. Um, I know a lot of us, most of us, I'd say all of us, are stubborn in our own ways, especially when it comes to letting go of control and, and trusting God with, with our lives. I know that's one of the big struggles as I've been in home communities listening to people, what it means to have your way and, all, and then to trust God's way and what he has planned for you. Um, and so my story is going to kind of follow along those lines. Um, I remember when I wanted to meet somebody and get married, you know, and start a family that um, I wanted to do it my way. And so I stormed ahead and, and tried to go on dates and, and meet people and um, things weren't just working, working that way until finally I had to get to a point where I, I turned to God and said, God, I need you to, to find the person for me. I'm, I'm not the one that should be doing this. I need you to do it. And um, soon after that, I met a, a woman, my wife, Mallory, um, and um, she's fine that I say this, but she wouldn't have been the person that I would have ever thought I'd end up with. But that's the beauty, because God knew more than I did. And as I met her, I just kept trusting him and praying, and really relying on him. And, and he told me this is the woman I needed to spend the rest of my life with. And I remember at that point, we were going to two different churches. I was going to a church in Vancouver, and she was going to Red Sea here. And I was very stubborn again and thought, we're going to go to the Vancouver church. She's going to join this Vancouver church. There's no way I'm going to join this, this Red Sea place. And we would share back and forth and both very stubborn about it. And I remember sitting um, kind of where Rebecca Chu is right now during a service and um, during worship time and just feeling this overwhelming sense that this is where 
this is where I needed to commit to. This is the, this is the place, the family that I needed to be a part of. Um, and at the time, I would have never imagined, if this was about four years ago, what those four years would have brought at that point, making that choice to be here, commit to the home community, um, commit to growing in my faith. Um, and so these last four years uh, has been an amazing journey of, of what it means to, to be a family. Um, the commitment to home communities, those of you that still haven't done that, has is something that I never had before that it has completely changed me, what it means to walk with people, uh, to commit to a group, and to grow in Christ together. It's messy. It's hard. Again, back to the, the stubborn piece. Um, but at the end of the day, when you commit and you trust God with it, he works amazing things in your life, and you grow in ways that you can't possibly imagine that you would grow. Um, and also the uh, just community, you know, of, of, of people outside of home community, the brothers I've met here that I've walked with, and some of the closest relationships I've formed, and it's because we share Christ. And that, that's the one link, um, that we have a, a level of a brotherhood that surpasses anything else. And that kind of leads me into my final piece here. We, we were very, Mallory and I always wanted to have a, have a child, and we trusted God with what, whatever that would look like. Um, and he blessed us with, with our little baby Esther um, back here. And to see again the, the support, like people are saying, um, it was hard. And as all of you know that have had children, it's, it's very, very difficult. And to have the people uh, bring us meals, we had meals every other day, just that support. Where, um, we had a bunch of our own family come. Mallory's mother stayed for two weeks. My parents came up and spelled us a lot. And you just can't do it alone. And um, really, I saw God working through those, everybody, every single person I looked at, this is God taking care of us. Um, and so we, uh, it's been fun. I've been able to, uh, to sing to my daughter a lot, and I sing to her about how, um, about Christ and about what he's done for us. Um, and one of the, probably the, the, the biggest impact it's had on me is when I first saw her for the first time when she was born. It's the only person in my life that I fell in love with in instantly, the first time I saw her. And, you know, with your wife or with your uh, spouse, it takes time to get to know them. Even when you're a kid, getting to grow up and know your parents, you develop that love. But with this type of relationship, you love them instantly. But then it made me think of something more important, that the love I had for her in that moment is nothing compared to the love that Christ has for me. And it gave me another sliver of understanding of what, how much he loves us. And, and what he's done for us. And um, I'm committed every day I, uh, to raise my daughter to understand the love that Christ has for us. I mean, he sent his son to die on the cross for each and every one of us. So I just want you guys to leave today, hopefully, just understanding how much he loves us. It's just a powerful, powerful, uh, you know, something that I, obviously I'm speechless to how to really put it into words, but know that he does. I'm so thankful all of us are here together um, walking this journey to, to fall deeper in love with Christ and, and just glorify him for everything he's done for us, especially, most importantly, like I said, sending his son to the cross for us, the, the greatest love story of them all. Okay, we have time for one more. And then we're going to sing one more song to wrap it up. Anybody want to finish us out?
Okay. Stop feeling. The worship team can come on and go up. It's a great opportunity for us to share as we, uh, as Josh said up there on the family, it's, uh, we picked those particular things uh, in, uh, intentionally. Uh, peacemaking is, might be hard to, for some of you to fathom, but uh, some families have conflict. All families have a lot of conflict. And that's why we need to be intentional with bringing the gospel to bear on that. We have things to share, but more importantly, not more importantly, also we need to be a people who celebrate, celebrate what God's doing in us and through us. That's why we do this, and that's why we're going to continue at this time to worship a short worship set, and then we're going to uh, have a meal together. So let me just pray, and then we'll sing. Lord, we thank you for this time. I thank you for the words that were shared. We thank you for the stories, and we do thank you that in Christ and through faith in Christ we can approach you with both freedom and confidence. And it's in that freedom, it's in that confidence in you and your working in us and through us that we celebrate and we eat together and we enjoy your presence with us as we have conversation and food. We thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please go to our website at www.redseachurch.org. If you would like to contact Red Sea, you can email us at info at